but I am bummed we can't go camping with your fun drinks. <laughs> we can do that anytime. I know. I'm like, I was really pumped. I was like, <laughs> yes, this is going to be really fun. We're all going to go camping. I was like, we're all going to go camping, which I also think that's so interesting because I got really nervous that we weren't invited at the same time. I was like, what? Wait, are we supposed to be going camping? <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Hey everybody, welcome to No Small Thing, the podcast dedicated to helping you live a less certain and more curious life. I'm Scott. And I am Mace. Welcome to episode 132, y'all. First episode in like four episodes where it's just the two of us. It's been a really long time and I got really, really excited that tonight was just going to be, it's just Scott and Mace, a classic, and we're ringing like, I feel like the ultimate No Small Thing topic. We are... Drum roll, everybody. Talking about dreams. This is titled Dreams 2. Dreams 2. And there's there's now a big slew of dream episodes about to hit you. Get ready. Dream series. The next yeah. three episodes are going to be about dreams. So we're not just being casually curious about dreams. We're getting curious for weeks about forget dreams. Forget Advent. Forget Christmas. Forget New Year's. This is just it's dreams. Dreams all day, every day. <laughs> and I mean, honestly, we've been... You and I have, ever since we decided we were doing the dream series, been going hard on dreams for about a month now, I would say. Dreams are it. Dreams are everything. (laughs) They're highly underrated. People should be talking about their dreams more often. It should just be a normal thing that you talk about. Like, I'm coming to the coffee shop today, I'm meeting my friend, and I'm going to tell you about my dream. I agree. I do wonder how different our society would be if every day we all woke up and attended to our dreams first. And that was just what the norm was, was to attend to our dreams. Got to be talking about the practical things. Got to talk about our bills. We got to get out. We we got to do our meditations. The daily tangible. Or eat our oatmeal. The routes we took to get to the coffee coffee. (laughs) 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 Um, Can't talk about dreams. So welcome to this episode. We're really excited. Um, We did a dreams episode like four or five months ago, maybe six or seven months ago. It wasn't COVID. I guess it was a while. It wasn't COVID. I do know that. Yeah. Uh, And that kind of set us off on a new journey. But like, as you will hear, our understanding of dreams has changed so much since that episode. And I feel like we've gained a much richer understanding of dreams and Per usual, we're only going to scratch the surface tonight. Well, yeah. I mean, what you're saying is true. It's a funny thing to say, though, right? Like, we have a richer understanding of dreams. Mm -hmm. Because on the one hand, what does that even mean? Like, a dream is something that you have at night while you're sleeping. You know, that's simple. We understand what that is. But what they could mean for us? What they, how to, maybe how to approach them, how to talk about them, how to interpret them. Mm-hmm. Why they matter? Yeah. We had a sense. We had a sense. We weren't just, we, we, I had read a book last time. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We're being really vague. I, <laughs> I, I'll just say, we'll get into this more, but like, I recently started reading a lot of Carl Jung, who like is a. For your master's program. For my. <laughs> um yeah and 
reading him, he does, he writes a lot about dreams and that's like one of the biggest pieces in his like theory of psychoanalysis. Maybe mm. that's the way one would mm. say it. Theory of uh, psychoanalysis. Ther- therapeutic practice theory. Mm. Um, and dreams are kind of essential and he writes about dreams. And so I've been in many ways absorbed in the world of Carl Jung for wonderful four or five months now. So, and you know, some of the classic discrepancies between Freudians and Jungians. I actually do. <laughs> I do understand why they fought and what happened, which is kind of fun. I guess what I'm saying is the more you know about something, the more you don't know. So dreams exactly. are even stranger to me now. Mm-hmm. Like what, what are they? It's very weird. I mean, okay. So should we just start popping off a little bit here? Sure. Is that an intro? We're going to talk well, about dreams. Everybody. We're going to talk about dreams. Are we going to, are we going to quickly address? Oh yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. Okay. The everybody news, the elephant in the room, <laughs> the whale in the room, <gasps> the, <laughs> the sloth in the room. The <laughs> <laughs> There's an animal in the room. Um, okay. So <laughs> if you're a listener of no small thing, then this will interest you. If this is your first time listening, then just bear with us for a few moments. Bear with us. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's an eight though. Um, okay. So, We've been doing a podcast for almost three years. Mm-hmm. And talk about the Enneagram. Part of the podcast is we talk about this thing called the Enneagram. We never have claimed to be experts. Our whole podcast is about being curious. And from the beginning, we've been curious about the Enneagram and used it as a tool for self-discovery. Um, we've had an episode every five weeks on the Enneagram. We've talked about lots of things. What a preamble. Got to give this preamble. Um and this is also a teaser to a series coming up. Yeah, we are going to have an Enneagram five-part series in January, which is very exciting. A big a big blitz of Enneagram we'll where we're going to be blitz. talking with lots of Enneagram experts and folks. Anyways, to make a long story short, I have thought I was an Enneagram for... for like four years. Like four years. Mm-hmm. Four, four, four. Um <laughs> I have been on this podcast multiple times as an Enneagram 4. I talk about being an Enneagram 4 probably in every single episode. Probably every day. Probably every single day. And um, we had a conversation with some folks last night. And through the conversation, a lot of new things have been uncovered about what, what really is at the heart of a 4 and what's at the heart of some of the other Enneagram numbers. And at this point, I don't know how to say this. <laughs> I I think I've been mistyped this whole time. And I think By I'm, yourself. And I think I am an Enneagram nine, everybody. Drum roll. So I am still like trying it on. Although at this point today, it was like literally everywhere I turn. It feels very true. Nine things are there. So... That's just like all that's in the air today. That today is the first day I've lived and walked around and thought really, really, really differently about what my what's going on there. It's a teaser because we're going to there's a there's an Enneagram podcast we like to listen to called called Big Hormone Podcast. Big Hormone Enneagram. But yes, Uh, yes. Big Hormone Enneagram podcast, maybe. Maybe. Okay. Big it's a podcast. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> and we talked to them last night, and we're going to talk to Beatrice Chestnut, and we're going to talk to Susan Stabile, and we're going to talk to our ben friend Campbell. Ben. Campbell. Yeah. So it's going to be a blitz. This will probably start it off. Mm-hmm. This will be the first one, and mm-hmm. you'll hear 
the process, the questions that were asked, the responses, the skepticism, the turn, the realization, the embrace. <laughs> it's a very interesting process. It, it really was a huge process. I was so skeptical at first. I was like, why are we even going down this path? Macy is not a nine. Yeah. And then I was like, whoa, uh-oh, uh-oh. Well, and then I'm like on the verge of tears and yeah. like needing to go hide. Yeah, yeah, and pace. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of pacing. Lots of pacing. And it was d- conducted by a four and a nine. So mm-hmm. they were credible in so, yeah. in so many ways. Yeah. For you. Um. Yeah, so shout out to John and David. We're now, I think, friends with them and hopefully going to continue this relationship and check back in with them. Um. But kind of walking around the world with a, a new, more nuanced understanding of both nines and fours. Um, and kind of a huge piece of that conversation was just how we misunderstand language and might miss something. And so I feel like a lot of pieces have been missing in my understanding of a nine and honestly of a four. Shame, depression, sadness, grief. Uh, Sensitivity. Anger, depth, yeah. Depth, yeah. It's just a little tweak. It's like a little tweak. There's similarities for sure. And mm-hmm. then there's just like, oh, just a little tweak. Because then also we went back and looked at these nine memes. And it's like, oh, oh, yeah. There <laughs> the you are. The memes have confirmed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'm still like processing it. And honestly, welcome to Earth. This is our whole thing. We're going to, you're going to learn and journey along with us as we continue to talk about what that this could mean for me. Uh, we're also talking about trifixes these days with the Enneagram, which will come up in this episode. Still got a four fix, I'm sure. So that's still in there and something that will be much more explored. But figured we'd let you all know because as we talk about dreams and as we talk about Carl Jung, I feel like it's, it it's will, nine vibes. Yeah. <laughs> well, and also I, I think we've said this over the last 24 hours is like if anybody's like, oh, disappointed. I thought you guys were Enneagram experts. It's like, nope, 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 nope. Why did I say that? Never say we're experts. Also, the pr- the premise is less certain, more curious. So I think, I honestly think uh, Josh, Josh, right? John. John. No, actually, bad friend. Here I am. John, sorry if you're listening. I don't think you are, but <laughs> <laughs> um, John and David, uh, like, they were sort of, like, impressed and congratulated you on how open and, and curious you were about discovering your type and how non-defensive you were. And it seemed like they don't count encounter that very often. Which I do feel like doing this podcast and having this be uh, in front of our faces meditation mantra, less certain, more curious, it event it seeps into you a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I feel really grateful for that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, it's interesting. I'm not feeling like, oh, I've misunderstood myself the whole time. It's like, I'm feeling maybe more like I can understand myself more. And like, it's, feels more like a misunderstanding of the Enneagram mm. than of myself. So I think that makes it feel a little less scary. And you're modeling being more curious and less certain. Trying. Okay. Dreams? Dreams. Dreams. Okay. What were we saying? Uh, <laughs> oh, we're going to talk about like your new like thoughts about dreams. Um. Yeah. No, I think we can. I think that'd be really fun. Um. Okay, so y'all, if you listen to projective identification, you really heard me try and explain school topics. And this will hopefully not be quite as chaotic as that one was. Um, But essentially, I am now in this clinical psychology program. So we're doing a lot of different... I took a class that was on history of therapeutic practices, contextualization. 
it was essentially a class where we learned all these different theories of psychology and psychoanalysis and theories of healing practices. And in it, we studied Freud, who is big on dream analysis. We studied Jung, who is also big on dream analysis. And then I started working on a research paper on Carl Jung, which led me down the path of Carl Jung's whole theories and his understanding and it was just like all of a sudden I'm like dreams are at the, I mean, dreams are at the heart of Carl Jung's work. It's like this, it's, it's kind of like one of the central tenets and the central pieces to like all of his theories. So it's just like within, I'm like all of a sudden dreams are in everything I'm reading. And we're like, we did an episode on dreams and I'm like, dreams are so much bigger. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So I mean, Yeah. I feel like that's the premise. That's the premise. And I will just say from another angle too, I don't, I don't know if this someday will turn into like an all out psychoanalysis podcast, but I think we're both (laughs) sort of like interested in that. Who knows where my interests are strictly hobby right now. You're really actually studying it in a school. I know it's very (laughs) wild to be like, it does like all of a sudden it's not as much hobby. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's a little bit more regimented and like, there's some some scaffolding to it. Mm, a very good word that Mace often brings to our conversations. <laughs> but, you know, I I, I mean, I, I hope people that listen to No Small Thing are interested in psychoanalysis. And I, I, I don't I don't need to get on a huge rabbit trail with that. But like, here's one of the things in terms of dreams that I would say about psychoanalysis. Don't worry too much about a strict definition that I liked when I was hearing Jameson Webster in Ireland, Ireland talk about psychoanalysis is that in order for it to work or in order for it to be what it's supposed to be, it's almost necessarily what she called antisocial. Hmm. So it's to say all the, in order for psychoanalysis to work in order to, to create a container, another word we like to use um, for the thoughts and emotions and experiences, we need to rid ourselves at least temporarily of all of the, social norms that are keeping us from expressing ourselves. Hmm, hmm. So there can't be this thing of like, Oh, I'm going to say something, but it's weird. It's like not in here. Yeah. Everything's free. You know, there's no weird. And this this is, this is the space to explore that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I thought this the other day and Oh, I was thinking I wanted to do this. And it's Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. let's talk about whether that'd be appropriate later, but let's say it first and let's just explore and give yourself the freedom to do that. And actually maybe what you're going to discover is, for you to be your true self, you got to follow this thing, even though you don't understand it. Yeah. And dreams, it seems similar. I mean, I'm talking like somebody who is only just starting a journey of sorts through dreams. I know we're just beginning, but if it's antisocial, meaning it's not, it's not, I mean, it's a kind of an Enneagram thing without judgment and without excuse. Like mm-hmm. we're having to try to approach these dreams without judgment. It's like this thing happened. It's it like, just happened. Yeah. Cause sometimes I send you my dream. I'm like, this is kind of creepy. I'm like, why it's just in there. Just yeah, is but what it's it is. exposing that that deeper psychic yeah. piece. It's yeah. giving that out. I I want to say this like quick premise of like I feel like there's some people, a lot of people who are like s- skeptical of psychoanalysis, and I just want to talk like just name that a little bit and like give that some air and say there's some some real things to be skeptical about in the sense of like I think also learning this like his like I took a class that kind of like 
helped me to see it a bit more in terms of history. And just like, I think a lot of people have like thrown psychoanalysis out with Freud. And it's, I feel like there's been these interesting waves of like big, like boo Freud. And then like some resurgences of Freud and similar to Jung, like these voices are really powerful. And I'll even just say this with Carl Jung, like I'm going to be referencing him throughout. And he has a lot of really rich wisdom to speak. And I think psychoanalysis does too. I also think there's, I just want to name, like there's been a lot, a lot of good and helpful critique yeah. of these analysts, of Freud, of Jung, of the early like era of psychoanalysis, which was often like riddled in sexism and riddled in colonialism and like riddled in a lot of patriarchy. racist ideologies and patriarchy and all these pieces. And so that's, that's like an element that I know that I bring when I hear, oh my gosh, psychoanalysis. I've brought that forward of like, is psychoanalysis out? And I think it's interesting because <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I don't think it is. I think it needs a lot of voices continuing to reshape what it is and looking at it from also some non-Western lenses. I think it's like this very interesting balance of like, it, I, I'm finding a lot of richness in the more I uncover with it, but I also know that I was bringing, and I still do bring, a level of critique towards it at the same time. Well, I should do that with anything. Yeah, I just kind of wanted to speak to that. I was I was noticing it coming up in me. You did it. You did a good <laughs> job. That was, that was a good. <laughs> I mean, that's helpful. If anybody was approaching it with like these guys talking about well, I think that there's a lot of people like health workers or a lot of folks that are like pretty turned off by just hearing psychoanalysis. Mm. They're like, no. And health workers. I don't know. I don't mental know. What health I mean. mental health workers. That's what okay, I meant. Okay. Um, and I think that there's some validity in that. And then I also think like this is, there's this piece of psychoanalysis and Jung and this dream work that is kind of, it's, at the heart of less certain, more curious, it's kind of this, right. like this huge piece of like, there's so much more within you that like, you don't know. There's these, these deeper layers and it's about bringing those forward and integrating those. And I feel like that's, that is, yeah, at the heart of this too, of like lesser, more curious. Well, whether it's psychoanalysis or whatever it is, there are certain things I've heard from Peter Rollins over the years that I love. I'm not going to pretend I don't listen to Peter Rollins. This guy <laughs> loves Peter Rollins. Yeah. Listen to our Peter Rollins episode. Um, <laughs> where he talks about this idea of like sort of being skeptical about meditation Hmm. and not that it's bad, but like he thought it was very conspicuous that a lot of corporations like Twitter and Google are utilizing meditation more. And so it's like meditation has a time and place, but if it's being used to like, he was sort of questioning even the concept of vacations. Like if you don't like your job and you don't like your life and you need a vacation to get a break from it, what's Hmm. going on there? So if there's anxiety or frustration or tension about your job and you're being asked to meditate in the middle of the day so you can cope, it's like maybe there's some something welling up in you that's valid to pay attention to that's getting you to say, this isn't the job for me. Yeah. You should listen to it and make the change. And same thing with our dreams. Something's coming up and I'm like, I don't want to think about that. And like, well, think about it. Right, which I think is the thing with dreams. Like I think, like I love that you're saying that it, make, it connects back to dreams in the sense of like we have this kind of ready material of something to explore about this deeper part of ourselves. Like, and I'm like, I'll just say like, I'm convinced of it. Like I'm now walking around with a relative assumption that my dreams have something to say. And like, 
on like a mystical, spiritual, soul level. Right. Like I'm saying I'm speaking out of the voice of a believer in it. Like I do believe these dreams have something to say to us. And so, yeah, it's like, gosh, it's, they're right there. It's like the tool to help you to see. They're free. They're free. They are (laughs) free. Exactly. It's given to you, which I just think is so interesting. And in the last episode, it's funny because I didn't have very many dreams. And I think this is something that's been interesting. The fact that I don't have as many dreams, it seems like, which I'm now like nine. What's going on there that I like don't remember my dreams. Chilling out a little bit. And I like want to forget them sometimes. Mm. Um, but I think, I mean, this this round has been the best round in terms of catching dreams. You've gotten some good ones. Like, I feel like I've started catching my dreams a lot more. Mm-hmm. And I think that's another thing that's kind of grown in this the past few months is a deeper understanding of our own participation in listening to the dreams and attending to our psyche. And, like... I, 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 there's probably people out here listening maybe who are like, I don't remember my dreams. And I just want to say, I, I also for many, many years have been like, I don't really have any dreams. I don't remember my dreams. And I'm starting to now like get a lot more dreams and write them down. And I'm like, I've been dreaming the whole time, but I just have not been paying attention to them. You're becoming more aware. Becoming more aware. Yeah. You're, you're. I mean, I think in just a second, we're going to set you up to just talk about some some dream stuff. But um, like one of the things that we've talked about, another little juicy tidbit for you all. This was this was one for me. This concept of the dream maker. The dream maker. Don't know what that means. I mean, this isn't like some sort of technical thing, but it's like think about like your unconscious, mm-hmm. unconscious mm-hmm. trying to speak to you mm-hmm. through your dreams. And so you go to sleep and you're asking yourself before you go to bed, it's like matchmaker, matchmaker, make me a match. Uh, What is that? Filler on the roof. Yeah. So dream maker, give me a dream, you know, like, and, and then you're in conversation with the dream. You wake up the next morning and you're like, what was the dream maker trying to tell me there? Well, and one thing that has been helpful is saying, I promise I'll write it down. If you say dream maker, if if you give me a dream, I promise I'll write it down. And in the morning, if I have said that the night before, I do. I like have this Don't guilty. I'm like, I told, to the dream I told the dream maker, I write it down. <laughs> like the dream maker is myself, but like, <laughs> but it's been really helpful. Yeah. Dream maker, give me a dream. Yeah. 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 You'll often say that before you go to bed, you'll send me a text like, please dream maker. <laughs> <laughs> Except for sometimes, sometimes it's like, okay. I mean, I think that that's this other piece of like, I get, I've be I can I said this like I can maybe only handle a few dreams a week to oh, really pay attention to. Oh, 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 like sometimes it's like don't make it another crazy one oh, that's gonna make me rethink like bring this huge piece up from childhood. You know that's an interesting thing. I don't think there maybe in the history of my life there's been very few dreams that I've regretted dreaming. Most of them. I often I mean listen what what if there's an episode about <laughs> like uh like Enneagram variants and subtypes and dreams. Like what does it mean for a gut type to dream and a head type to dream? Because as you've noticed, mine are filled with so many details, so many details, you know, and that's sort of, it's not necessarily big heart vibes. There's a lot of like 
swirling around details and anxiety. No, so much just like lots of things going on and yeah. quick, and you have to do this quick and go here quick. Yeah, and this always, thing's happening. shuffled around you a lot being. of different things. <laughs> yeah. I mean, mine, I feel like are primarily feeling mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I do feel like that's at the heart. The theme, the theme of my dreams for the past few times is, is being seen and being, being unseen. Seen. It's seen and unseen. Now being viewed through the lens of a nine. Now being viewed through the lens of the nine. Yes, <laughs> it was a nine thing. It was a nine <laughs> thing. I thought it was a four thing this don't whole time. Me. Seen and unseen. I matter. I don't belong. I matter. Exactly. It's like there's this one dream we, we were going to analyze, but it's too sad. <laughs> we didn't want to get sucked in. <laughs> but essentially, it's stuck. just like the whole beginning of the dream is just me not being seen by many people, including a therapist and I'm trying really hard and all these things. And it eventually ends in me erupting and saying, why didn't you see me? I've been trying to make this thing the whole time. Yeah. Dang. No, it was a hard one. It was a sad one. It was a sad one. That was one where the next night I was like, nice one please dream maker. <laughs> i feel like saying leave it right now leave it leave, leave it, it. <laughs> don't, don't go, go to further the down. um okay what would you like to say about dreams you, um, you're, everybody macy is getting a master's degree oh my gosh stop. <laughs> no i think it's important to say i think it's important to say I think people know well maybe somebody's first time listening um, south school yeah here you are here i am um okay You've completed your first quarter i have i've done one quarter of school online school so hmm. Um, Carl Jung. I, I'm mostly going to want to talk about Carl Jung, and then that's please. shaped my views, views of dream. Please, please. Um, so if anyone's out there who's a Jungian, they're going to listen to this, and I'm new to this. Yeah. I'm really just they're going to be like, oh, they're learning. They're they, learning. They got it. They they're got learning it. about Carl yeah. Jung. Um, so I started reading Carl Jung's Red Book. That's been my favorite thing of Carl Jung's. Um. And I read some of Memories, Dreams, and Reflections, which is Carl Jung's autobiography, all these things. These are kind of where I've been reading from. But Carl Jung, essentially, he's, in terms of, like, psychoanalysis history, if I want to, I might give a little brief history. Please. He's come, like, during the time of Freud, but kind of just after, like, Freud thought Jung would maybe be his, like, What's the word? Heir? Yeah, successor successor to like psychoanalysis. Um, And Carl Jung and Freud were like homies, like friends. They did psychoanalysis together. They did dream analysis together, all these things. Um, But eventually their friendship kind of split based off like a lot of reasons. I know at one point like Jung felt like Freud wouldn't go somewhere in a dream. Mm. And Jung definitely felt like limited in Freud's understanding of like sex drives as being like the entire basis of everything. Mm. Jung's whole theory was like based around the edible complex and that being like the the crux of it. And Jung just had a a much honestly more expansive and open Hmm. way of wanting to interpret and go places. Like I think in general was kind of limited by Freud. Again, I'm just, I think Freud got kind of arrogant. I think fully. And I think Freud wasn't down to like explore certain things and Jung was wanting to. And Freud, Freud is sort of treated like a, the founder of a religion sometimes, honestly. No, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Um, there's like lots of other factors and pieces, but they broke. Um, and so then Jung kind of forms this new era of psychoanalysis, which is called analytical mm. Analytical, analytic, analytic? psychoanalysis. Yeah. That's the the way people talk about it nowadays, or maybe Jungian psychology. And you hear people who are 
unions and when they talk about people that they're working with, they're called the analysand. Ooh, which is a very fun word. So like when working, part when working group. with the analysand, they Whoa. did this. I know it's very <laughs> fancy. Um, and so <laughs> you, I'll just quickly say there's a few things that you, more than a few things. There's a lot of things that actually you contributed to the field of psychoanalysis and psychology. Um, big giant themes that he brought forward. One of which is a huge Enneagram thing that we talk about is this idea of the shadow. Mm. Jung is the person who kind of brought forward this idea of the shadow and the persona and us having to integrate our shadowed self. So it's like when you can go and see the, the, the shadow side of what your persona has created, the, the reverse Ooh. going into the darkness. So that's, that's a Jung concept that he brought forward was this idea of integrating the shadow. And for Jung, healing is seen as... Uh, I think individuation is the word actually that he uses. Um, but so you have your shadow, but then this other huge union idea is the idea of the collective unconscious. So in Jung's model of how your unconscious and psyche works, so Jung is not all like psychologists believe in this idea of like the unconscious, but Jung fully does. That's a huge premise of Jung. Um, oh, I mean, when you hear about this stuff, it either, re- it either resonates or it doesn't. Mm-hmm. You know, I hear about the collective unconscious and I'm like, well, that's everything. That's it. I mean, I, that, that's a whole episode probably, but I'm like, yeah, no, I. I know we could do a whole episode on it. Actually, that'd be fascinating. But so a, like Jung's understanding of the unconscious is that there's kind of two pieces to it. You have your personal unconscious, which is based on your own personal history and yeah. it's your own. It's your own Mace unconscious, your own Scott unconscious. It's your own, it's like your personal stories. It's your own thing from the beginning of your birth mm. all the way up until who you are now. This is so good. And then you the have- The key to life. The key to life. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I feel it. And then you have this other unconscious that we unconscious. all have. And this is your collective unconscious. And this is also, this comes down from all of- human history yeah, it's like, this unconscious well a depth that we all are kind of tapping uh, from like in our biology yeah that's like, kind of a way of thinking yeah. about it yeah and just like something like the golden arches that's all in our collective unconscious i feel like what I mean, is that mcdonald's you know oh, oh. like that all <laughs> means something to us in our unconscious somewhere right and so the jung's whole work around the collective unconscious and like kind of where he came to that theory is jung did a lot of traveling very fascinating history around Jung's own relation to colonialism and anthropology and just the way he came to these theories. It's complicated. But Jung's whole piece was kind of looking at symbols that show up in time, looking at mythologies, stories, symbols, characters, pieces, looking at artwork, looking at different cultures, looking at these things that keep emerging and these things are kind of they, what Jung then coins as archetypes. Floods. Floods. No, exactly. Yeah, so that's 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 a mind. that's a great example. Like the story of a flood, and yeah. this is an archetype that we can relate to, and it shows up in lots of different places, mm-hmm. different iterations of the flood. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like a ton of them. Yeah. Um, like the old wise man. Mm-hmm. This is what Jung would say is an archetype. It shows up in our stories. Um, a snake. A snake. Like it's there. A lots of these pieces, and it's complicated because Jung kind of tries to create like a universal theory, which I think 
is just hard to do. But this is his theory, is that we have kind of these two pieces of our unconscious. And Jung's understanding of the unconscious is that one that is active and creative and like an endless source almost. You can't, you don't think of your unconscious. Like I like the like vision of an iceberg, but I think that that doesn't do necessarily the idea of a con- the unconscious quite enough justice because that's, we can see a, an iceberg as having a certain amount of matter and space it's taking up. Right. But I think that the unconscious- Infinite a, space. Infinite. It's like, it's the source. It yeah. is a life source in itself. Yeah. Um, And so you like, so a union model is trying to kind of surface and integrate these unconsciouses and integrate your shadow and bring these pieces forward so that you can then participate out with a much greater understanding of these underlying pieces. It's like the, the thing is you're unconscious just because you're not aware of it doesn't mean it's not changing the way you're acting and they're affecting. We're living in the world with the unconscious, this huge untapped unconscious source that is actually making us function and do certain things in the Mm. world, we just have lost sight of that. Mm. And so (laughs) a union analysis- I feel like I'm at a rock concert right now. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So so for Jung, healing takes place through these symbols, through these archetypes, through these mythologies, through these stories. They become these connection points that help us to connect with these layers of our personal unconscious and with our untapped- collective unconscious and so alongside dream work union analysis might do other things which i started doing and it's been mentioned on the podcast of like been creating mandalas with the idea of this this circle that i create is this container that i can then bring something forward and then i'll create an image and then that image is a symbol of something within myself and i can explore a part of myself through this symbol Mm. and then what archetypes are arising in the creation of your mandala? What archetypes? Well, no, I'm saying for anybody, but you're, right. you're wanting to talk about eyes eventually. probably. I mean, no, I mean, I think that's really like eyes have shown up as like a huge, huge, huge piece in my own symbols. But also like, I think it's interesting dance and this dance. symbol of a dance shows up in my, in my paintings and my work a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so you, that I feel like this understanding of you and then, so much of Jung's theories actually come from dreams. I mean, it's like the the uh, huge dreams and then active imagination, which I actually don't understand much about active imagination, but I think it's almost like trying to conscious, like trying to get yourself to, in a, a waking state, mm. tap into the unconscious and work out of that. Ooh. It's that well, piece. It sounds like hypnosis or something. It, no, it does seem like that. Well, and, and Jung has, Jung is like, pretty cool and how much Jung like is really into lots of weird things. Like Jung believed in like aliens and was super into astrology and was like very expansive in his like thinking. Like I think Jung also was really cool in the sense that like Jung did this to like with himself essentially, like this red book that I'm talking about is this book that has recently come out and it's all of Jung's dreams Mm. and all of his artwork Mm. And it's this like huge, it's like this, you get to watch Jung the man do this process of individuation. And like he's invite, like his, his journals invite you into this kind of journey of 
opening yourselves up to this well of information that you have within you. And dreams is one of the biggest pieces of that. Dreams are the the elements of our unconscious that if we can just pay attention to, we can help integrate them and be conscious of them because they're there. Uh, Mace Mooney at their absolute best right there. Classic, wow, classic, thank you, classic. Thank you. I mean, You're who knows? You're really good at explaining that stuff. Well, but this is the thing, like... If there, I wish there was a union in the room to be like, yep, nailed it. Or like, well, there's these other pieces. But listen, I mean, that, this is a little tangent, but that was one of the things I had to do years and years and years ago. It's like the church I was working at. All of the people in the audience, not all, many people in the audience were my theology professors. Yeah. So I'd be writing the sermon thinking about them. And it's like, no, 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 no. They're not my audience. Yeah. I've got to think of like the 22 year old who just came to church for the first time and doesn't really know. It's not like. I can't be thinking of like Mike Langford in the audience. Right. No, so. it's true. It's true. I can't be thinking. You're not you're not making this for unions. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. And I think it's just like it could maybe get you curious. Cause I mean, Jung is just like big. He has lots of concepts, like synchronicity is a Jung concept that he brought forward. And then also like we're all obsessed with the Myers Briggs and Jung. what? Jung. It's like, I mean, I think the Myers Briggs I think many people would say that's not that's not Jungian analysis, although the the elements of it are based off of some of these archetypal pieces of Jung. Jung is the one who brought forward this idea of an introvert and an extrovert. And so information as (laughs) (laughs) information, Jung in these archetypes kind of you explore the archetypes as similar to the Enneagram in the sense of like balancing. So like. Jung also had this idea of the anima and animus, Mm -hmm. which is like the feminine and the masculine energy, which obviously is complicated to think about. But Jung's whole kind of a huge piece was this idea of integrating, like each person has to integrate their, the opposite, essentially. I forget which one is which anima or animus is the feminine or the masculine. But it's this idea of, you have to incorporate your shadow. So which one's not your pull, like which one is not showing up for you kind of piece. So good. I know I, I feel like it's a way as I hear you describe it for us to bypass our defense mechanisms. Dreams. (laughs) Yeah. Like, like, the defense mechanisms are there, but they're, uh, they're, we're not aware of them. And then something comes up. And if we're really honest with our dreams and letting us experience them, we're like, oh, that came up. Right. You know, that anger. It's like, yeah. well, I've been trying to hold that back, but it's there in the but dream. But it's there in the dream. Oh, you know, like, that's what I'm hearing as you talk. I'm just like, yeah, there's, there's a method to exploring your dreams that could help you uncover some of this stuff. Right, right. Well, I, I think that's exactly it. Like, it's, it's, trying to yeah like break those barriers like i mean you analysis will also do like free association or do sand play where someone is given a bunch of objects and they get to create a story in sand and then tell the story it's like all about these ways that are honestly creative ways to work and speak with our unconscious because it's really hard to just come up with plain words it's like all these creative ways that we can tap into it and 
using symbols, mm -hmm. like the symbols and the metaphors become these really powerful tools of discovery. And like they become the, the language for which the psyche is able to speak to us. Mm, this is too much. I mean, that's, I guess, why we're doing three episodes. This is too much. Hold on. I'm, I'm going to go to the bathroom really quick. Okay, pause. I can't wait till the break. Um, I was going to think I was going to wait till the break. but Okay, well, we can be, we so, could. <laughs> okay, I have two thoughts just in response. Okay. One is that you already brought it up is the idea of symbols, which I love. And someday we can really start to really get into this and how that impacts our exploration of Christianity. Mm -hmm. <sighs> yep, I have lots of thoughts about that. <laughs> Do you want to talk about them now or later? Uh, later. I just say... Like the way I understand this stuff, like um, approaching a dream, mm -hmm. the idea is to take it as seriously as possible from what you yes. learn from it. Yes. So what if we do that with the Bible? Like, you know, we go, oh, did this literally happen? And we go into a dream. Did this literally happen? No, but it still has a lot of meaning. Right, right. A lot of significance. And maybe and it's speaking some to me. things in the Bible did literally happen. But what? why is that even necessary for you to get something mm -hmm. out of it? Mm -hmm. So. Um, that's a side note, but I think I, it's a great side. I, note. I try to push people out when they're really struggling with like the Bible. And I'm like, well, what did it bring up for you? What did mm -hmm, you get out mm -hmm, of that? What mm -hmm. is it? How does it tap into your unconscious? Like, I know. And it's like certain much. stories will stand out to you and myth. Like, I also think that's, that's, that's a great example of like this, this theory is kind of looking at like, okay, that the Bible has these things. What does the Odyssey have to say? Yeah. What does, um, Honestly, like in today's modern world, Harry Potter, yeah. like what does R.I.P. J.K. Rowling? Oh, <laughs> no, I mean, but there's like there's Merlin, there's Gandalf, there's uh, there's Dumbledore. But also this is no I'm, this is this observation isn't rooted in anything aside from my own curiosity. But like, why is it so important for us to have Jesus have a beard like <laughs> in our collective unconscious symbolically? Like that just seems to be important. For like us. rugged. Yeah, I Jesus feel has like have it's a, a rugged and it's also like a, a a big masculine energy. Yeah, but it's a symbol too, because if you saw a person with no beard on a cross, you would just be like, oh, somebody else is getting crucified. If it's a beard, it's like, oh, it's Jesus. <laughs> oh, it's Jesus. Um Santa Claus. Santa Claus has to have a beard. What does a beard mean? Yeah. Here comes Ruben. That brought Ruben out. Okay. Yes. Of course. What's this video? For YouTube movie night, bro. Oh, right, right, right. Yes. Okay. Um, so symbols. I guess what I guess it, as we start to wind this section down mm -hmm. and head to some interpretation, that's mm -hmm. one of the big aha moments mm -hmm. is the 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 symbols in our collective unconscious. Not that we have named those and really truly understand them, but there are certain things that have helped us try to ask questions. Like, what is the symbol of a school? Mean? Mm -hmm. What does mm -hmm. the symbol of a amusement park mean? What is the symbol of a car? Any any of these things that come up, it's like, what what does that mean in my unconscious? Right. I feel like as we've been doing, as we've been unpacking each other's dreams. So now for the past like month, Scott and I have been a little, we've been in like the dream zone. Yeah. So we've been sending each other dreams and it's completely reshaped the way I look at my dream. I'm like, what few things stood out? Honestly, what color, like paying attention to things like color, paying attention to things like, what was like, did an animal show up? What, 
could that animal mean? What has this animal meant in these other stories? What could that be speaking to me now? It's a lot more expansive understanding of what this thing could mean. And it also gives like this interesting permission. I don't think that's the right word, but almost this permission to, to tap into that, to look into that, to say what has been collectively understood that this thing means or what is the wisdom there and kind of looking at these archetypes they it's I mean it's similar to the Enneagram I think Enneagram is its own archetypal system when we think about it it's like we have archetypal is a funny hard word to say um I think it's archetypal (laughs) but I don't even know if that's true you can probably say it in lots of ways but as you keep saying I'm like what is it um (laughs) sorry I derailed you it's okay um (laughs) This, I feel like I'm always, I feel like I say things strangely and I just give zero shit. I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, I was making a poignant remark here. Poignant. <laughs> um, archetypal. Um, it's even given me like a different way of thinking about the Enneagram. And also I think having the system of the Enneagram as like understanding the power of archetypes and how, what, what having this archetype does when it can you can relate to it and you can see it and you can try it on, you can realize it's not yours. You can. Mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> but it's, they, they can become these, I think it's, it also allows for, I think, a little bit more, um, maybe mobility and flexibility and openness when exploring your unconscious, by the use of the archetypes. The archetypes and the symbols and the mythologies, having these as, again, these the metaphors and the language for which to talk to your unconscious, I think makes mm. it a little bit easier to speak to it and makes it a little less scary. It makes it a little bit more approachable, even though it does seem maybe a little less approachable. It's like, there's all these archetypes and we barely described it, but I also do think that it's, it helps to lessen the blow of it being you almost. I love everything you just said. Great. You said it perfectly. Yeah. Lessen the blow of it being you because like evolution, like biologically, like I said, we've inherited, this is a bit of a, well, I won't go too hard on this, but like I heard that there was like, this was on a radio lab episode that there was something about, the, the 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 earliest skull that we can find. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was so much in, there was so much study on how it was killed, mm-hmm. and they went through all sorts of different theories. It was researched for years and years and years, and they finally came to the conclusion that it was like attacked by some sort of bird of prey overhead from the back. Interesting. And the conclusion was, if you feel a shadow coming over your head and you flinch, that's the inherited fear. Of the early person. So that's an example of like these inherited archetypal bird. Ah, You know, like, oh, it shows up in your dreams. Something's chasing you. Hmm. It's passed Hmm. down to humans. I mean, it seems just like the natural reaction, but that is fascinating. I feel like part of this also, you have to kind of put on a pair of glasses. Mm -hmm. Like I'm putting on my glasses, glasses. the dream glasses to to read into it. You kind of have to be willing to let yourself give in to what the symbol could mean and give in to, yeah, like maybe this is this passed down thing and what does that mean and how do we unclench and it it, it makes it bigger. 
Yes. And isn't it kind of fun? It's kind of fun. I think <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> We're having fun. <laughs> All right. Do we want to say anything? Because I think the next part's going to be deep diving a dream. I think so. I think Rue was going to give a rejuvenation. Should oh. that be next? Okay, everybody. We're going to take a break. And in, oh, so, so what's going to happen is your pal Reuven's going to come in with a rejuvenation. Mm-hmm. And so listen to that. And then after we're going to come in and read some, I'm going to read a dream and Mace is going to read a dream and we'll try to spend a little bit of time unpacking it. Maybe not too much. Cause we're already. Yeah. We're know, doing 50 great. Minutes in. Um, and I literally have a worksheet. I did dream unpacking with my classmates. Amazing. And so we'll kind of, we'll use this as a guide, which will be fun. Cause we didn't have any guide last time when we just read dreams and laughed at them. The dreams are going to be interesting. Mine's interesting. And I know yours is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So. Stick okay. Around. Stick around. Or, Bye. Or I'll do it right now. Do, 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 do. No small thing. We'll be right back. Do, 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 that I I have do people have recurring dreams? I don't really. Do you have recurring dreams? Oh, that's right. It's always about being in front of a large group of kids and you were in charge of it. Exactly. <laughs> Most of the I have a recurring dream where I'm back at high school, but not not like as a high school age person. But it's because there's something that I needed to finish. <laughs> and it always has the same ending in which I realized, like, I don't need to do this. I have a master's degree. <laughs> it's just like, doesn't that cancel out whatever it is that I'm that I'm supposed to not have finished? Um, yeah, but it's, it's, I don't know why I'm so, and my high school has a very specific aesthetics. I think almost all of K through 12 students in Indonesia, most of them have similar uniform patterns, uh, for a high school, for elementary school, it's like, um, you know, uh, red shorts and like, uh, white shirt middle school it's red a uh, blue shorts like navy blue uh and white shirts for high school it's like trousers but they're gray mm. so you look like so you you so you look like prisoners <laughs> my high school also literally looks like a panopticon like there's a field in the middle and then there's like you know all those like hallways it's fine. <laughs> but I thought I would read. So I I don't have a dream journal. I I am so bad at keeping a journal. But once in a while, I like to look at old things that I wrote uh, because I guess even when they're not a dream, they're still, they still sound crazy because they're like who you know these are different people that that's. Uh, I think it's John Didion who said that, you know, the sole purpose of keeping a notebook is so that your past self doesn't come 
knocking at the door at 3 a.m. in the morning, wondering why they've been left out. So it's not even kind of the you know reading dream is the reading of the reading about dreams is weird enough but I feel like reading about your own writing <laughs> about the dream is I think uh even weirder. So I'm just going to read just random passages. Monday, June 25. A dream. A neighborhood of Bricks and white college students. <laughs> An ill-timed bus that's there when you are not ready, whose being gone befits a sign of disfavor from the universe. My undergarments growing into clothes. Chris, whose trip I saw was about to be disastrous. I think my fr friend Chris here is dead. Oh, <laughs> oh, he passed away earlier this year. Um, I know. <laughs> uh, there's a dream within a dream. A boarding school. Cruel teachers prone to torture. Grins of official satisfaction. There was nothing in me but a desire to outwit them and burn them all down. <laughs> a dream. 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. The end of the world. The looming collision of a fiery planet object like in Melancholia. And if people have seen that's a Lars von Trier film where a blue planet hits the earth. It's a good film. It came towards us in a car, like on some family trip. It was in the sky and it got bigger. But then it turned out to be a screen. The disaster was real, but it was somewhere else, somewhere higher up. An American pilot had blown it to smithereens, I began to be grateful for the American Air Force. Sunday, June 23rd. This is where a grove of orange trees, a late afternoon, the air is a river of perfume, slow with heat. Someone is praying. They've claimed many, many times before in their life that they've got it. A door of air, a blanket of shimmering heat. Warm, columned air. It's a slice in the air, a current slipping to another world. They are ready one more to steal away. Isn't this faith? This stealing away through a slip of the air one afternoon, one more time. Rumors ferrying through air, words displacing breath, displacing thought, where one's feet were. A rumor of robins with warm, red breasts, 
is rumored to have replaced apples one winter. Shall we eat birds for warmth? Shall birds bury their beaks in our hair? <laughs> Friday, July 12. I feed Matthew questions derived from songs. I had a dream. It's texture like an oil spill. One layer prodding, slipping by, thrusting against another. I went to sleep dreaming of things I would say to Scott. <laughs> I do that quite a lot, going to sleep dreaming of things I would say to someone. The future. The period after the future. The whole that is the future. A vortex. Last night I was one with the house. I felt it. I fell in line with it along the floorboards, across the hallway. Our conversation left a thick, warm thread, a snail on the move, its slimy afterpace. It was warm and thick and sure. I could feel it the way I felt it before, sound as vibration traveling through wood. I could feel my home in another life I was a house. Okay, this was when we were in Mississippi. All right. <laughs> but it's, it makes absolutely no sense. I don't even remember what the dream was. <laughs> I don't even remember what the dream was. I just remember waking up and it's like, I need to write these words down. <laughs> it just says necessity. Hardness, flesh, non-differentiability, conspiracy, health codes, genitalia, phone calls, glissando, perfect misunderstanding, 11.03 p.m., shit, cruelty toward animals, Judas, water, never knowing, liquid, iron lungs, capitalist enterprise, Death by compaction, above, below, sucklings, hatred of mothers, fucking, running, voice in the dark of the night. The plains, wilderness, last minute, bench, Jeanette, forever, stalling, another, being small of heart, untowardness, leaning in, stopping, no, breaks, nothing, going on, come, let, or assistance, help, won't, sweat, I sit, then heaviness of milk, grime, envy, sponge, pinky promise, not your home, a change of clothing, not one more, who, this, can't, neck, smell this, Ro rotary, will never admit to, jail, example, Scott, mulberries, indentation, boss, camera, fat, 
one more hour in five years, abundance, Borneo, not like her brother, Clara, volleyball, ma'am, adjacent, organic, brother-in-law, neither nor, not tonight, shut up, just today, state senator, watch your tone, there is, almost grown, apple juice, carpet stains, select all, 10%, time, dynamics, door, strike against, sign up, I'm talking about you, complication, labyrinth, is it, liability, say he was stopped, then you, apprehensive, Jesus, oh I know, we are not. I think that's all I have. That's amazing, Ruben. This is the ultimate string of free association right there. It was a good finale. I really should start writing things down again. Absolutely. I can sell goals. this, maybe. Absolutely. I can put it in a book. Yeah, well, yeah. not this one. Thank you for your rejuvenation, Ruben. Ruben, everybody. Ruben Panada. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, we're going to do, thank, hopefully you like that, Ruvenation. I feel like guaranteed to have How to could have. You, if, you, if, you, if you were here from a, for an episode about dreams, that was solid, solid gold. And free association and just all the things. I mean, there's a lot to unpack there. Maybe my, it, that, that, that to me ranks in the top Ruvenations. I, I think one of my favorite ones was the, the venting about the snow days. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> my favorite rumination. I don't even know what episode that's on. I don't even know if I could find it. It's so funny. It was though. so good. It was earlier this year. Yeah, yeah, it was earlier this year. Um, um, we're back. I guess Mace is going to give a a paradigm for interpreting dreams. Yeah. So I, after my like lecture on Jung, we so in this class that I was talking about, where we do all these therapy, pra- we learned about all these therapy practices. We'd then go and we had this group of people that was like our like small group of class. And we would have to spend that like an hour doing the practice of that therapist. So if it was gestalt therapy, I, I was the therapist that week and I had to try and be a gestalt therapist, which was actually really fun and stressful. I sweated a lot, but it was really cool. Mm. Um, and for the Jung week, we did dream analysis and this was the worksheet. We actually analyzed one of my dreams and I like picked a crazy dream that you were involved in. It's the one where I think we talked about in the last dream episode where I like go to that retreat place and I keep like sneaking off and making out with these girls. Oh, and right, I'm like, right, yeah. why did I pick this dream for my <laughs> classmates? But it was really fun to unpack yeah. and it brought up a lot of things unpacking it through this way. Okay. And so um, I'll just kind of invite this into the space and then we can use this how much or little that we want and that'll be great perfect um okay so the the thing is i'll just read this pieces these are things to look for and then we'll we'll just read our dreams and go from there at home with your family and friends at home okay so for what conch okay 
Why not? Side note, I, I, I do think we need to. I, I like. I want to see some more creative ideas about how we, what we do when we get together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. We watch sports. We do Enneagram councils. Yes. We light candles and talk about gratitude and what leaves. So me and my friends do. <laughs> how about you? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, though. Um, okay, so this is this is the worksheet. I'm just gonna read it. Okay. <laughs> Using a dream from one of your group members, aka we'll use our own dreams. Consider the following Jungian dream and Jungian dream. No, no, I'm not doing a symbol. I'm oh. like, I'm just like You're you're ready? Well, what was that word? Union Dream? Dream, yeah. Interpretation <laughs> principles? Did yeah. I say dream? Yeah, you did actually. <laughs> um okay. One. For what conscious attitudes might your dream be compensating? Mm. Is it the compensatory function of the unconscious that holds the power for self-healing that can be achieved through dream dream interpretations? It Mm -hmm. is. And then B, the more rigidly one holds a conscious position, the more strongly will its opposite appears in dream images and symbols. Just that's the whole podcast. Pause it and go on a walk. (laughs) Think about that. The more rigidly one holds a conscious position, the more strongly will its opposite. Oh, the more strongly will its opposite appear in dream images and symbols. Yeah. Go on. Go on a walk. (laughs) Um, All right. Number two. What is your dream asking you to attend to in your waking life? Can you Mm -hmm. identify wishes, fears, repressed impulses, solutions Mm -hmm. to problems, or information about your inner hidden life. Mm. Mm. Number three, can you identify archetypal images or polarities from your dreams? Archetypal images (laughs) or polarities from your dream. Perhaps (laughs) contrast these with their opposite from waking or conscious life. So we've got here some of them that are like some Jungian thoughts. Shadow and persona, ego and the self. Uh, the masculine consciousness of the anima or the feminine consciousness of the animus. Well, we've discovered anima is the masculine and animus is the femme. Extroverted and introverted attitudes, thinking and feeling functions, sensation and intuition, forces of good and evil. Finally, consider how your unconscious is moving you toward wholeness or homeostasis by giving rise to these symbols which serve to reunite conflicting tendencies. Tendencies which may at first seem irreconcilable irreconcilable at the conscious waking level. I mean, there's just so many things that are like... There's more, but I won't read it. There's no price of admission here because this is a free podcast, but all that's worth like the price of admission. I mean, that's I feel like that sets us up perfectly for what we're about to do. Yeah, I agree. You, I feel like you've been employing those things when you text me about my dreams, but I've never re- heard you read that out like that. So mm-hmm. I've sent it to you twice. Okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> now I really am looking at you through this nine lens and like passive aggressiveness. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I've sent it to you twice. <laughs> Just say. I'm left to wonder how you feel about that. <laughs> um. So <laughs> Oh no, exposed. A sassiness there. Okay. Uh, okay, so this is a dream log from 924, September 24th, okay, okay. 2020. Okay, okay. Everybody, as you may well know if you've listened to this before, if it's your first time, been a youth pastor for nearly 20 years. So 
and my dad was a pastor, my grandpa's a pastor. We're talking about archetypes. Mm-hmm. My my wife's dad is a pastor. My uncle's a pastor. Lots of pastor stuff going on. So this comes up in this dream. Mm-hmm. Which pastor stuff comes up in your dreams uh-huh. so, 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 so but often. This, this is unique because this, this wasn't an anxious dream. This felt like a, the dream giver giving a very unique singular experience because mm-hmm. I've never had a dream like this. So it really, it really felt like a moment. I, it's, you'll see. You'll see. I for, I, I, have I heard this dream? I think I sent it to you. Maybe I didn't. Um, and it'll probably sound different having me read it than just like glossing over right. it. No, you don't gloss over it. I didn't mean that at all. Uh, reading it. Yes. That's what I meant. <laughs> okay. So I said, lots of dreams, but a very strange dream culminating in a church. I was going on a run in Kent. That's where I grew up, everybody. In a neighborhood that I grew up in, I was wearing my green Adidas shoes. Nice. And I was really thinking that they weren't appropriate for running in. Mm. I could feel the sponginess and lack of support. It was a beautiful fall day, and I was getting really excited for a nostalgic run. Like in my head, I was going to go on a run to all the places that were significant to me. I remember this dream. But again, I was upset at myself because I hadn't made a route. Hmm. So now I'm running... And in my head, I'm thinking of all the places I want to run by and how to get there. Hmm. This actually sounds like a good idea, I said in parentheses (laughs) in (laughs) real life. And the first place I think to run by is Titus's house. That's a friend of mine growing up. So I'm on the main road running in that direction, but suddenly I'm just driving in a car. Hmm. And I don't know how that transition happened. classic dream transition. Yeah. And I drive past Titus's neighborhood and realize that I need to turn around. So eventually I make a U-turn. And as I make the U-turn, I realize, and this realization is more of a remembering, it's not like a surprise or an emergency, I remember that this particular car has no brakes. So all of a sudden, I'm going down this hill, and I have to, like, swerve the car around and put my feet on the floor, which apparently slows down the car. Hmm. So I'm going down this hill, beautiful fall day, and then I realize that I have a ton of office stuff in my car. Like all of my theology books and podcast recording equipment and cameras, general stuff I would keep in my office. So already think about all the archetypes here. Neighborhoods, fall, car, brakes, office stuff, stuff. this this luggage, this baggage, your mundane business, your day job. Yes. General stuff I would keep in my office and I realize I'm near a church. That's obviously a huge symbol for me in my life. Yeah, yeah. Okay, here we go. I say. <gasps> here we go. <laughs> I literally wrote that down. This church does not exist in real life, but I could take someone to the location of this church for my dream right now. And again, I remember this church in my dream. It's called Union Church. It's not the one here from Seattle. And in my mind, it's connected to Union Seminary. Hmm. The pastor is Pastor Thwombly. I have no idea where that came from. The pastor is pa- Pastor Thwombly. I have no idea. But again, in the dream, we know of each other, and I'm pretty sure he will know me. All of a sudden, this church seems like the perfect place to store all of my books. Oh, and I remember stuff. this dream so well now. I pull up to the church and walk in, and it's the middle of the day. This place looks like a traditional Protestant church. And let me tell you, this is the first time in like six, seven, or eight years where I've dreamt of a church and haven't been stressed. Mm-hmm. In this dream, I felt a lot of peace, and I felt pulled to the church. Mm. The doors are open, and I sense that Pastor Thwombly is in the building, along with a secretary and a janitor. <laughs> I'm aware of their presence, and I am low-key trying to avoid them. Oh, interesting. So I start unloading all of this stuff from my car, and in the front of the church, there's a small corner of unused space. 
in the lobby narthex area, and it has a bookshelf and a small reading chair. And I just start bringing all of my stuff in there. My books, some old clothes, like a suit jacket, all of my books, podcast recording equipment, a bunch of stuff. And I'm thinking these people know of me and know and appreciate that I have no office of my own right now. And even though I haven't checked this with any of them, they will, of course, understand and be fine with it. Hmm. And I'm now sitting in this. Yeah, go ahead. No, keep reading. But I have a thought on that. (laughs) Do you want to just say it? Well, I just think it's really interesting. Like you are someone who. If we're thinking about this of like compensating or like maybe being opposite to your waking life, like you are someone who is in general very weary of taking up too much space mm. in a place. Mm. And this is interesting that in Ooh. your dream, you're assuming I can take, I can put these things here, I can put this in this main lobby. Wow. And I'm going to set it up <laughs> and I'm assuming everyone's going to be okay with it. Dang. See? Never would have thought that. And that's, that's, that's the psychoanalysis element. It's like, it's not enough to interpret the dream on your own, getting a few other people involved. Well, and I think there's something like, we know, we know each other. So like, I know that that's a piece of you. I've I've seen that come out in you of like your fear of taking up space. And Mm -hmm. yet you do, you are a person who takes up space. That's a natural piece of who you are. And here in your dream, it's like, I have all of these things and you're doing it and you're like, everyone's going to be okay with it. Yeah. Which yeah. Keep reading, but this okay. is interesting. <laughs> and I'm now sitting in this office area and feeling a pull, like a strange, deep desire to be a pastor. And I'm picturing myself meeting with people and counseling them in this office, and I'm he- my head is spinning. And I'm just wondering what this all means because I was certain I didn't want to be a pastor. And I'm wondering how I could be a pastor and not believe in God. And I'm wondering how I could be a pastor and still record the podcast. And I'm wondering where I would be a pastor because I'm feeling mm. like I want to be a pastor of this church I'm in. But I know a pastor. I know Pastor Thwombly is young and new and I can't be the pastor here. So I start walking around the church now intent on telling someone that I've left all of my stuff here. Mm. I'm hoping whoever I tell will understand and not make me take it all out. And I'm wondering, I'm wandering the church and it's pretty obvious now that some sort of event is starting. Like people are starting to slowly come into the church. They are dressed up and an organ is starting to play. And most people know me or again, know of me, but I don't know most of them. And I think what I'm witnessing Mm. now is an ordination of sorts. And there is a crowd that has formed around this young pastor that is about to be ordained. Mm. And Doug Kelly is doing the ordination. So that's my senior pastor from one of the old churches I worked at. A, A good friend. And Doug and this young man who, again, I kind of recognize, but don't totally know are in front of a small crowd of about 30 people. Everyone is standing, and they are in this lobby area, not in the sanctuary, and that seems very intentional. They have this beautiful, hazy stained glass window behind them, and again, beautiful fall day and fall colors and fall light. And apparently this, is, this ordination involves a baptism. And Doug is just about to baptize this young pastor, but the pastor doesn't want to be baptized. Apparently, Damn. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Apparently Doug is ready for this and is kind of explaining to the audience that this happens sometimes and he has a plan. Someone has to baptize Doug in this guy's place. Doug looks around the room and notices me and says, oh, Scott, Scott, you can come do it. And I yell out, I'm not ordained though. And he's like, oh. that's fine. That's fine. Come on up here. So I go up to the front and there's like a fountain of water so I'm not dunking Doug, but I know Doug enough to know he's going to want me to put a lot of water on him. So I start scooping up big handfuls of water and saying, Doug, I baptize you in the name of the Father. I say all these things, but the main focus is all the scoops of water I'm putting on Doug. 
Doug is sort of laughing and the audience is like cheering and laughing. And I'm like really playfully running the water onto Doug's head. And he's like putting some on my back too. So I mm-hmm. scoop a bunch of water and like fling it onto his back. And so now I'm like playfully rubbing Doug's head and back and everyone is laughing and there's just a lot of joy. Mm-hmm. And the implication is that this young pastor has now been ordained and baptized through Doug. And Doug thanks me, and apparently there are still a few more elements to this service. So I step aside, and I'm thankful that the service is still going so I can slip out without having to say goodbye to anybody. On my way out, I am realizing that I should check in with someone about leaving all of my office stuff in the church. (laughs) I want to get permission, but also want to make sure no one steals my stuff. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) I see this camera woman. I walk up to her, and I start asking her if if it would be okay if I left my stuff there. She's sort of shy and tells me she doesn't go to their church and that the right person to ask would be the senior pastor. All of a sudden, I realized it would have been rude to call her a camera woman because I assumed her pronouns. (laughs) And I realized she does more than just take pictures. And I'm aggressively and nervously apologizing, even though she seems fine. I'm like, camera person, camera person. I'm so sorry. And she's like, it's fine. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Then this camera person... (laughs) Sees someone she knows. It's Laurel of Drew and Laurel. I did their wedding. She runs up to Laurel, and I know instinctively that Laurel is going to be extra pumped to see me, which she is. She runs up to me and gives me a hug. And as I'm hugging Laurel, I see Drew and River. That's Drew's son. We're just about to start talking, and that's when I wake up. Bam. I have a few thoughts. Okay. I have a few thoughts. (laughs) I mean, first off, amazing dream choice. Isn't that interesting? It's a good one. Yeah. I love it because it's true. I as a as a participator in hearing Scott's dreams, most dreams are I feel like you've had a few more. You ha- I feel like there's been less stressful dreams lately. Yeah. I'd like no, to note, true. but I do feel like a general tone of your dreams is a lot of things you're going around and doing because other people are telling you. And like you said, shuffling is a big word. Shuffling. This one doesn't have as much shuffling. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a few things stand out. A huge one is this pastor who is getting ordained, but then doesn't want to get ordained. And then you become the person who's not ordained, but through your work and through your <laughs> baptism and through this water, both... Doug gets baptized and that person becomes ordained. <laughs> Isn't and, that wild? And I think it's really interesting that you have like, it's it's fascinating that you have all of this luggage with you and it's your books and it's your podcast and it's almost like your qualifications. And like, mm. I feel like I know in your own personal life, the role ordination has played is complicated. Yeah. Like you, you are a pastor and a shepherd and are doing the work of being the pastor of a church in many, many ways and are not ordained. And you have all of these pieces, hmm. all of this equipment, Dang. all of these things that you have brought and they are there and they are with you. And when this thing needed to be done, you were ready and available and were the person to do it. Mm. Yeah. I feel like it's, it, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, that's just like really stands out to me. Like this idea of these, all this equipment. No, that's a, that's a great, I mean, and just, yeah, no, I mean, it was surprising the more, more emotional reading it. 
um, than I anticipated. And, and I actually did unpack this in counseling myself. Um, and it was really interesting what came up, but it is also interesting to think, and just as an encouragement to people, it's like, honestly, my therapist knows me fairly well. We've been meeting for three years, but honestly, probably not as well as you, obviously. I mean, there's certain things I've probably said to Jason that I haven't said to you, but not much. I mean, everybody knows I'm a pretty open book. I'm, I'm wanting people to know the weird parts of my brain. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I don't think that came up. Nobody made that connection about the luggage and the baggage and the equipment. Like, that's so true. And it's so interesting, isn't it? Like, the the setup. Mm-hmm. Like, why why is this luggage and baggage setting me up for this encounter at this church? And I'm leaving it. Well, and that's what brought you there. Yeah. It's, it's looking for a place for it that brought you there. Dang. And needing a place for it to go. Yeah. And... And, and placing it there and hoping that it's okay. And then you be, because of that, you've now, because you've brought that to this place, you've now been asked to join this like celebration, which I now feel like I need to look up baptism. <laughs> like, oh yeah, symbol. go ahead. But I would be curious what it brought up. I'm going to grab my laptop, but what did it bring up with Jason? Um, ooh, uh, ah. um, well, I think one thing that's fun to talk about dreams with someone is is just what stands out to them. Jason got really stuck in just the literal experience and then my waking decision when I was describing the baptism mm-hmm. to stop at in the name of the Father. Oh, I didn't say in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I don't know if I actually said that in the dream, but yeah. for whatever reason, in I your stopped writing in life, writing. You. I said, in the name of the Father, yada, 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 essentially. I didn't even say yada, yada. I said, in the name of the Father. Yeah. So, you know, obviously heading into this explanation, I'm talking about like my dad and my grandpa and all these other people. And we talk about transference and all these significant male figures, essentially, in my life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And here's Doug Kelly. And here I'm just, I say, for whatever reason. So we pulled that out for a while in, in our conversation that day. Like, why did we stop it in the name of the Father? That's interesting. Yeah. I also think it's interesting because Doug, Doug was your pastor. Mm-hmm. Like, this very interesting piece of, like, you're at, a, you're at a, a unique point of life. Jung yeah. will say this. Jung says you don't start your life until you're 40. Dang. You are newly in your 40s. And are on a a different path, and yet a path that is Christian adjacent and pastor adjacent and mm-hmm. pastoring. Mm-hmm. And I'm just looking this up right now. I'll read what this baptism meaning is. Oh yeah. But I think that it's there's something significant about you being the one who is then able to baptize who was your pastor. Isn't it like wild? there feels like there's this this cyclical piece or this piece of like you becoming that person for Doug. Yeah. You know what Doug was to you. Yeah. Almost. I've watched a lot and this is this is I haven't had this thought yet, but it's the fun of like interpreting. It's like what it brings up for me. Mm-hmm. I've seen Doug ordain a few people, which is strange because a lot of these people that he's ordained have been my interns. And so here are my interns being ordained and I haven't. Mm-hmm. And after it's all said and done he'll say something like, it's my prev- my privilege to welcome my new colleague, Jordan mm. Uemoto. 
Mm. I'm like, my colleague. Like, I'm but not a colleague. Uh, yeah, you're not a colleague. Yeah, this friend of mine, this intern of mine who's 10 years younger than me is now Doug's colleague. Mm. And it's like, because you haven't had that step, it's, I wonder if this dream is compensating and saying and telling you, like, hey, no, you are. Yeah. Like, you are a colleague. That's what you, it feels like. You are you are welcomed into this. You are a part. I feel like there's a feast element to this dream. Mm. You know, like you're invited into the party. Dang. Um, <laughs> I love this. <laughs> uh, okay, so should I read what baptism? Please. Um, it says water is a symbol of life. This is, I just type in baptism meaning dream. Yeah, to the please. Yeah, why not? Um, here we go. Uh, if a person... Okay. Okay. Spiritually, baptism symbolizes decision and commitment to a new way of living. I mean, it is like a reborn, you know, it's like a a rebirth of sorts when you baptize. A new attitude or approach to life and others, cleansing and rebirth. Submerging the body in water symbolizes death. Rising out of the water represents resurrection and new life. The former person and negative aspects of sins have been washed away. When an individual is of the appropriate age to choose to be baptized, this is a powerful ritual, blah, blah, blah. If a person being baptized in your dream is you, you may have been recently considering or haven't chosen a better way of living. <laughs> Isn't that wild? If the person <laughs> being baptized true. in the dream is someone else, this person could symbolize who they appear to be in the dream or an aspect of your inner self. A baby being abs- baptized is a powerful symbolism of new birth. If you dreamed of baptism, your higher self approves of your choices, goals, hopes, and dreams. Jeez. Your feelings, which this that's the sense of this dream. Yeah. That's the sense of this dream. That's nuts. Your feelings and behavior are congruent with your expectations of yourself and are being blessed by the divine. Holy smokes. Your dream may be reflective <laughs> of renewed faith and trust. It it's is likely true. that things will fall into place and that this change will be successful. That's also true right now, literally. I feel I like it's been, it's interesting because this dream came months ago mm-hmm. and it's fascinating to look at it now and see this being realized in a lot yeah. of ways. Yeah. Like through Beloved Arise, listen to the last episode. But yeah. like, I, I, I'm I, like, yeah. I feel like that's, that's what I was I started off hyper skeptical because I was like, they're just describing baptism. Right. But like, <laughs> as we kept going, I was like, well, this is really creepy. If you dream of a baptism or that you were being baptized, it can mean that you were planning a change in life that will end up being beneficial. Um, I also think it's interesting. You noted it twice that it was fall and weather and mm-hmm. a beautiful day. Mm-hmm. And I think that this alongside baptism, I mean, obviously it came in September, so it literally was a transition, like a season that's happening in the world around us. But also, like, what does this mean of fall and that transition? Like a yeah. new season, yeah, a new birth. What happens in fall is like the leaves change color and then they fall and fall off. Yeah, And there's this piece of this dream of like, a new I so September twenty fourth. I so personally like I'm like arriving. I'm as someone who knows you, I'm like this to me feels like some message of like ordained or not, it doesn't matter. Right. You you, Scott, like can be called in to do this work of cleansing and healing and mm. baptizing. Gosh, the dream is already pretty special, but it's becoming way more special. (laughs) That's why I decided to share it. It's like, yeah, it was a really special dream. Gosh. And I think it's really interesting that you began on like a run in your home neighborhood. Mm. And 
it's these spongy Adidas. That was an interesting. This is interesting detail. details. Yeah. I don't know if I'm reading too much into it, but I'll just do it because you know it's what I like to do. Like you're at your home, you're where you grew up. Yeah, and then you're running, which for you, running is like your free space. That's so true. Running is where you are I feel like often some of your most alive. Yeah. I feel like running is your your sacredness. It is a it's when we if we're looking at these two things of introverted extroverted. This dream has this element of beginning introverted. Dang. Beginning with this run, beginning with you in this place you're like going down memory road. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you show up at this church and you've got this stuff but you've been brought in to the external world. You've been <laughs> brought so into good. this extroverted piece and it's you it's it's interesting because the tone of your dreams is often not wanting it or yeah. it being like puppeting or uh-huh. it's not what you wanted but the tone of this is not that the tone of this is like you are bringing yourself you're bringing your equipment you've brought it you've left it you've taken up space and now wow. you're going to leave it and then you're brought into this bigger piece with all of these other people and by joining it Everyone now, like this other person becomes ordained and Doug becomes baptized. I feel like you have a really gift for this. I haven't, I haven't made this connection of taking up space. That's fascinating. Mm-hmm. That feels really real, mm-hmm. but also simultaneously like discarding. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I mean, it's not like I want to discard podcast stuff and I don't even know if it was, it's like, I just had so much stuff in my old office at the old church we worked at where I was like, mm-hmm camera equipment and just like lots of random stuff. And I think yeah. I just had that in my car, you know, probably yeah, like the loose ends. <laughs> yeah. loose ends. Yeah. Like these other pieces. I mean, I do like that we have this roadcaster instead of the Tascam we inherited from the church. You know, yeah. This is our equipment. Yeah. It's our own things. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of looking at it as like your qualifications. I don't know why, but that's the, uh, that's the. Hmm. I think hmm. we should transition to your dream. This is very sweet. Was um, there any, I mean, I feel like we, there's, there could be more to cover. But no, I mean, we're, we're, we're showing oh, yeah. that we could do an ep- I mean, honestly, maybe this is one of our episodes. We'll like, just be dream interpreting. Well, spending a whole episode on just one dream, because I think that's what we are showing you really could do, honestly. Mm-hmm. You could take apart each piece and yeah. look at it and examine it and wonder, what is this saying to me? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I think... I, I want to give... I feel like I just gave a lot of interpretations. I'd love to hear just like thoughts no i mean i i have to really sit with that for a while like i think i think you just narrated it in a way that felt true to me like nothing you said but i was like no that's not it i i think the running piece feels really significant Mm -hmm. i don't know whatever i don't i would really love honestly to go back and think like what happened to me the day before what i eat where what state of mind was i in before i went to bed well i wonder we went on the drives and i wonder if it was close to me went on the drive to your hometown yeah could to be. Kent. Yeah. I also feel this is another piece of like a grounding that let me go here real quick. Think about the shoes, the squishiness, grounding your feet. Jeez. Like you're on this run. Runs are grounding for you. Yeah. It's, it is, you were able to fully participate. I think it's really interesting, <laughs> like how much you were able to fully participate in this big energy of lots of people and lots of ceremony but it was only like it was the dream had the premise set up of the groundedness beginning it. Hmm. Jeez. You know? Yeah. I think there's also something about like an invitation. Like Doug was like, come on up here. Hmm. You know, that felt really significant in the dream. Hmm. Um, 
I mean, honestly, too, it's like if you got really spiritual about it, it's like God speaking to you in a dream. That's really interesting, too. Mm -hmm. But um, well, I mean, yeah, that's super. I mean, that's dream maker. Give me a dream. Unconscious God. I mean, this is this is it does really combine all the things we were talking about, though, like um, the collective unconscious Mm -hmm. and our personal unconscious, just in terms of my own constellation of meaning in terms of symbols of, around pastors but like that also has a collective unconscious too. right and like baptism i mean yeah. it's that's that's kind of when you do the dream you start to see these pieces and the way the collective and the personal work together yeah no i mean you can pack it unpack it all day but as i'm sitting here right now it does feel like something to really relish in like a moment mm-hmm. where you're maybe you're unconscious or something was saying you're in a good spot right now mm-hmm. Keep going. Uh, yeah. Man, that's really nice. Yeah, that's really sweet. Yeah. It's nice. It's it's really fun that you and there's no surprise, obviously, but that you, you invest so deeply in, in the dream, you know. <laughs> what are we doing? Here? <laughs> All right. Uh time for a maze dream. Okay. Um, here we go. Hopefully I can read my own handwriting. Do you want to have not. this? I don't know if you need it, but I Mace just, is giving me the oh, do you want me to read again or just no, have no, it? No, no, no. And just in case you wanted it. I don't know. I feel like I looked down at it one give, time. Gifted a the group work on Freud and Jung worksheet. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mace. You're welcome. You're most welcome. Um, okay, I just want to preface this and say that some people are in this dream, and this is just a dream. You didn't. You didn't do it intentionally. Nope. And this dream, I've had a some lot of people are in this dream. I've had a lot of intense dreams lately. I feel like for me, because I think I've not paid attention to my dreams and I'm just beginning to pay attention to my dreams. And, um, this one was one that really stood out. Yeah. And so we're going to go with this one. This one was 12, five. So December 5th is when I wrote it. How am I doing with Pretty the mic? Recent. Pretty recent. Um, and I'll probably pause and describe things and feel free to pause and talk. We've already kind of talked about this dream, but this is a fun one. Um, okay. So, I wrote lots of dream moments last night. The most prominent image slash place is this giant target. The building itself was huge and kind of went in a big circle. There was this one part of it, though, while still being the target. That was side note. Yeah. Because of the way you describe it, in my mind, since I've heard this dream, I've always pictured it as an Ikea because of the (laughs) circle, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense, actually. That makes sense. I mean... I don't know why I think Target. Yeah. I mean, but it, it does. Red it colors? felt like Target. No, I think red yeah. colors. I think it might have literally been a Target. And Target is interesting. <laughs> literally been a Target. I think Target is interesting in my own family because my siblings' dad, Ethan and Aaron's dad, worked at Target. Mm. And that's interesting because my interesting. Like, family members get brought into this dream. Um, okay. So the building itself was huge and kind of went in a big circle. There was this one part, though, while still being the Target, that was like a master bedroom with a carpeted entrance and then a bathroom, but it was circular. And on the other side of it, it was another bedroom, almost like it was mirrored master bedrooms. This is a good description. So it's like you have this circular target, but then the one side of it is like essentially two master bedrooms with bathrooms. And then there's entryways mirrored kind of a house in a target. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, okay. My mom is there and we are quote unquote going camping. And I'm like going around the store looking for stuff. 
but I'm wandering and not really sure what to get. A swimsuit, sunglasses, sunblock. I do not know. Oh, I do not know. And I, I do know at one point I look at trunks, but eventually going at sunblock. Mm. And I'm going to go back and say, trunks. I do remember it was like kind of this debate of like, am I going to get like a swimsuit or am I going to get swim trunks? Yeah. And I'm like leaning yeah. towards swim trunks. Swim trunks. Um, but eventually get sunblock instead. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> at one point while I'm looking, I stumble upon this master bedroom and I can like overhear talking. I can overhear talking and I can't tell if it's my dad or if it's this old family therapist we have. And it seems really serious and they're talking with my mom and it's that their her mental health is not going well. I like back away because I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have stumbled that. Um, and I'm kind of wandering, looking again for camping stuff. Now, somehow in the middle of this clothing section, I'm sitting next to my mom and Matthew, Maddie is sitting behind me. Shout out to Maddie in this room. Mm. Um, and there's, okay, so we're sitting there and then there's this therapist. And the therapist is apparently here for all of us, which it should be noticed that this dream came like two days after another dream with the therapist. I've had a lot of dreams with therapists and I'm, uh, the therapist is apparently here for us all. They talk to my mom first briefly. Again, she doesn't seem good, very fragile. And then the therapist goes to me and says something like, ah, Mace the woman, like literally says woman. And I just was like, actually it's, oh, oh, Macy the woman. And I say, actually it's Mace and I'm non-binary. And the therapist was like, okay, cool. I'll note that. And just like goes and writes it down. Then this is something that's never happened in my dreams before. Then the weirdest thing happens. I'm writing this on my dream log. All of a sudden I'm on this huge ship and it's like, I've been teleported, like teleported. I'm on this huge ship and it's going super fast. And there's all these little boats down below. And it's clear that the boat that I'm on isn't safe and I need to jump. But part of me also thinks that if I found a little raft, I'd have a better chance of surviving. And I see all these people on these little rafts, but I'm standing on the ledge and I think, nope. And I take a huge leap. So I'm like, I I see these people and I'm like, they're all like, I'm like, I could maybe go down and I could maybe get into these boats. But I'm like, that seems like I have very low chance of survival in not like a good situation. I'd rather just jump off this boat. So I take a huge leap. And then all of a sudden, uh, I'm flying. It's like, again. Ooh, you don't fly very much. In your I dreams. do not fly very much in my dreams. Again, it's like I'm warping through the air. That's what I say. But more like warping. <laughs> warping through the oh, air. So not flying. Not flying. You have yet to fly in your dreams. You warped. I land on what looks like SPU, which is the college I grew up, I went to. And I'm in the weeder area, which is like our coffee shop area. And I start to walk past it. I know. I start to walk past it and I see Susan Tay, who are people we know, getting coffee. And they have Mm. a kid together. Mm. And the kid is like four years old. And I walk past them and I walk into the target, which that to me feels like its own thing of walking past that kind of life. And now I'm sitting at the table. Oh, okay. So I walked into the target and now I'm sitting at a table with Scott and Marissa and we're talking about the camping trip. And Scott is getting very excited because he has these particular drinks that he was, he was 
uh, was going to bring and share. And I'm also getting pretty excited and like, wow, we're all going to go camping. Oh my goodness. But there's this piece of my piece of me. That's like, wait, were we even invited to go camping? I go back into the master bedroom and it's, oh, it's like the mirror one. So I'm not in the same one that my mom was in earlier. And Reuben and Maddie are in there and they're laying on the ground and they're like entangled. And I, I describe this as being both sexual and non-sexual. That's kind of classic Reuben and Maddie though. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I'm, and I walk in and I'm like telling them about camping and trying to figure out who invited us and if we're welcome, but also about the drinks and Scott and the sunblock I got earlier. And then it all fizzles. 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 Dang. Dot, dot, dot. I wrote down so many little notes. I know. I noted that. I was like, Scott's really writing notes. He's being notes. I I wasn't planning on it, but I'm just like, wow, wow, wow. I'm trying to make all the little connections. What do you think of that? Well, there's so much to (laughs) unpack. (laughs) I think the thing, the headline over the whole thing is family. Yeah. You know, it's like the family, (laughs) all the different iterations. It's you, Maddie and Reuben. Mm -hmm. It's Taylor and Mm Suze. It's your mom. Mm -hmm. It's, Scott and Marissa, mm-hmm. just Taylor and Susan, a baby. It's mm-hmm. SPU, mm-hmm. Target, mm-hmm. you know, home, living room. Like you're, it seems like your brain is trying to make sense of family connections. What is a family? Mm-hmm. Where do I belong? Who's mm-hmm. my family? Mm-hmm. You know, what does a family do? I, I like this, the notion of where do I belong? And I think the camping is its own kind of element of which by the end, I'm like, was I invited camping? And it's like you and Marissa and Matthew and Reuben and I am all of a sudden I'm like, well, the camping trip was originally like my, my, my family, my nuclear mm-hmm. family. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, it shifts. And I'm like, am I invited to this? That's interesting. Right. Um, I also, uh, this was this was really interesting. I, I just wrote this down because <laughs> I do love that we really are just complete amateurs out here. Just holy, it's almost like we're playing house or something. It's like we're just I'm <laughs> we're like just playing dying. doctor, I'm playing therapist. But um, leaping from the boat, I mean, so okay, so this is really taking a, a huge or a leap. But like the boat seems to be some sort of place of familiarity and stability and safety and you're choosing to leave it and you're looking Mm. at life rafts Mm. and you're choosing not to have those life rafts. You're saying Mm. no. Mm. And those seem to be associated with your family and Mm. you're, and you're like, Nope. And it's a risk. And, Mm. and you feel sort of, I don't know what you felt when you teleported, but it was like, you would be safer to probably get in those life rafts, but you're like, no, can't do it. That's interesting. That's a different take than I was taking. <laughs> a very different take than yeah. I was taking. Because I think for me, what was happening there was like, I I think what's interesting is in the dream, the jump off the boat, I thought would kill me. Yeah. I thought that that's what the jump Ooh. was. Okay, so not safety. Right. Yeah. I was assuming the jump was the end and I was going to die. It, mm. was, it was a dying situation. Like mm. I was all of a sudden, which... That's interesting. Like all this, the the therapist brings up this this thing, and I am unpacking gender in my dreams. Obviously. That shows up yeah. so much in my dreams. And this therapist calls me a woman, and I am like, actually, it's me, and I'm non-binary. And then they make the adjustment, and then I'm all of a sudden in this crazy scenario where the ship is sinking. Yeah, and I'm standing on the ledge, 
And there's it, the way that I can describe it is there's all these lifeboats and it's like, for some reason, I felt like on these lifeboats to be, if I were to go on them, I would be, it just was, to go on them meant months and months of being at sea and maybe dying at the end of it and struggling uh, and being on this boat. I mean, I, th- th- I'm, I'm not leading you. I'm asking a genuine question. Like, is this in potentially like femininity? Like these lifeboats, like being adrift and sticking to this thing that you don't, you're not associated with anymore or traditional femininity? Maybe, maybe I want to be open to going down that path. Well, I'm just, I'm just following where you, your mind. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, part of it felt really disconnected. Like this boat. I mean, I don't think it is, yeah. but the ship piece felt so strange. And it's like, I've never had this happen in my dreams where I teleport like that. And I mean, I think you and I, I think, you know, I have like a weird fascination with jumping and mm-hmm. with bridges mm-hmm. and things like that. And this this ship felt like that situation. Like, it felt like it was something like that. And I was like, I'm for sure going to make the jump. But then the jump leads. It's yeah, like. Circle. It's like. Back to the target. I was back to it. Back to the circle. Yeah. Like, it's, it's almost like the jump. I couldn't escape anything with it. You know, it was like I was brought right back in. Yeah. I think the passing of the, the Tay and Suze and their kid is very interesting. I think that that's significant in the sense of like. I walked right past it and was like, I see that. I see that life. I see that. Wow. That, that family, that way of being. Cause I mean, Tay and Sue's, I don't, I don't think they listen, but it's like, they are a, a lesbian couple who is like in many ways, it's, how do I describe this? Like it's, I, I'm like, I could see that, but I don't, I'm walking past this, like getting married and having kids. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's like a model of what that could be. I mean, they don't have kids, but that's interesting that it's predicted in this dream. And, but I walk right past that. And that felt significant in like this piece of like walking past that and then heading back into this target. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, two more thoughts. Mm-hmm. I it is funny, like that. I think, <laughs> I think this is the artist in you, or like, but I feel like you you are more comfortable in the interpreter role. Mm-hmm. Like you like interpreting mm-hmm. in it, my dream and your dream. You're like, <laughs> you're like you're like yeah, sure, I'll I'll take that, but let me keep interpreting my own dream. <laughs> like okay. <laughs> <laughs> you always humor my and I'm like when I'm listening to your interpretation I'm like this is it <laughs> I'm, <laughs> but I'm just giving you like things I wrote down I know I'm just I'll, I'll, if, if an interpretation feels like it hits I'll let you know <laughs> thanks I'm not even actually offering interpretations I'm, I'm just drawing attention to things I wrote down because okay so t- two more things I wrote, I wrote down in succession Maddie therapist dad because those all happened very quickly and seem to all happen in succession. And I know dad, dad, I know Maddie often plays the role of caretaker in your life in so many ways. Mm -hmm. So that was an interesting little Maddie therapist, dad. I feel like Maddie in this dream is plays a significant role in, I told him this when I was telling him this dream that day, like I, when the therapist was like, ah, Macy, a woman, 
Maddie's presence, like sitting right there, mm-hmm. made a difference in me being to say, "Oh, it's amazing. I'm non-binary." Yeah, like knowing Maddie was right there made it that I I I'm a I could tell in the dream that that was affecting my answer. That's really cool, Maddie. Shout out to Maddie. Maddie. And the other thing too that you've taught me to think about, and I think this is actually a play my dream, and Jason drew this out, mm-hmm. <clears throat> is. You know, there, these characters don't actually exist. Right. There is no Doug yourself. in the dream. Yeah. So in so many ways, these are just ourself in our dream. Mm-hmm. Doug, I'm baptizing myself. Doug's, mm-hmm. I'm calling myself up to the front. I'm baptizing myself. Uh, and obviously, you're grappling with this notion of yourself being a therapist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so this therapist keeps showing up and asking you questions. And it sounds like potentially you're also interrogating yourself. So you're asking yourself about your own gender identity. And you're mm. answering, and you're mm. also wanting to be a therapist. Mm. Mm. Um, I'm not. That's. I don't even. I don't even get into the realm of interpretation. I'm pointing things out, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think. I think. I mean, I, I. I like the more I sit on it, the these lifeboats in. Yeah, the lifeboats in. That's really interesting. I think I think that that part of the dream feels so disconnected, but I don't think it should. Like I think you're right to to think about the themes from before and after because it's sandwiched in the middle of this dream, and it's there's huge pieces of gender in the dream of like the more I think about the target wandering, I'm like I don't know what I want, yeah. what I'm supposed to be getting, yeah, and what I'm gonna wear, and am I prepared? And like what is camping? What is this yeah. camping dream? I mean, camping is going and you're like you're not in a home there's like i don't know but camping also felt like fun mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. by the end i mean i'm talking with you and i remember getting really excited I was special like, oh drinks my gosh, yes we're gonna go camping <laughs> this is gonna be so much i was like this is gonna be so much fun but then as much as i was getting as i was getting more and more excited i was like really worried i was like were we invited to go camping <laughs> that's that's a traditional you were feeling. we invited like am i am i imposing am i allowed to go here hmm yeah, mm. I think it's interesting, too, to think about both of our dreams now and sort of the wind up to the action. Mm-hmm. Like you're talking about my run mm-hmm. and with you, there's this. So you, you, I mean, I'm only in this zone because you drew attention to it. But it's like the run, what a run means to me and my shoes and my spongy shoes. Mm-hmm. And here the premise is the sunblock and the swim trunks mm-hmm. and the swimsuit. Mm-hmm. And so it's a different vibe because you're not in your sweet spot. You're not like, oh, this the premise is like peaceful and you're grounded. It's like disorientation. Well, no, and it exposes like I'm at a place where like what to wear in this kind of situation, yeah. like a summertime situation yeah. is complicated. Yeah. Like it's not an easy choice and there's a lot of navigating and it's interesting, like circling around and like my unknowingness, like it kind of exposes like I think summertime fashion itself exposes a certain element of like in swimwear particularly like it's exposing the like the bodily parts of ourselves you know it's the most like exposed we are in our daily lives you know like it's it's underwear we wear in the in the water yeah it's pretty crazy actually when you think about it so it's like there's this piece of underwear that we wear in the water (laughs) Yeah, I think, I think like, as I look, like, I think about that worksheet, like, what is it compensating for? Was it speaking to my waking life? Like, I feel like my dreams as of late have kind of exposed 
and named like a lot more work, a lot more to be like uncovered and like a lot, a lot more to be unpacked in terms of like even my own gender identity and like it's always going in and out. I mean, another funny thing is that you and I literally have been camping on boats together. That's you know? true. So what's going on there? That's true. <laughs> and, and and in swimsuits and on top of boats and jumping off boats. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Whoa. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> yeah, that's really fascinating. I also think it's interesting when we think about these dreams of like, if these people are ourselves, yeah. like, and I think it's interesting, like overhearing like the, sh- is like hushed shadows of like mom dot doing well. And like, what if that's me, you yeah. know? And it's like these hushed things and I'm like, Oh, I've like walked in on it and I'm going to walk out on it. Yeah. And then I walked out and then all of a sudden I'm in this therapy realm. And then I'm like thrown into this crazy life or death situation, which is fascinating. It's like, I'm asked this question and my gender is given offered by the therapist and then I'm thrown into a life or death situation. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Ooh boy. And I do, I choose to jump. I'm I it feels like in that day in the days when you were coming out that it felt like that. It wasn't like, oh, this just n- very casual thing. Yeah, you know, it's like it felt like a jump. Hmm. Like a mm-hmm. leap of faith of sorts. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. As you're winding down, what do you feel like what are your feelings about that dream I don't know this is an interesting one because I don't feel I'm not like feeling more clarity around it Um, I mean I mean I don't even know if it would be appropriate to get clarity on a dream that that seems if if we're talking about the unconscious kind of coming full circle full circle in a target Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. Um, it, it, in terms of like not an iceberg but infinite depth, like the we're we're seeing like um, it's like we're shining a flashlight on the unconscious, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so it's not like that's it, and we don't even quite know what they mean. We can say what they mean to us and what it brings up for us, but like, you know, for you like, oh, I get this dream now, right? You know, I know. I mean, I think it, it leaves me in with like this sense of of more to unpack. Like, I also think it's interesting. I think there's something reassuring about this therapist that was so quickly, like, I remember it so distinctly when I was like, oh, amazing, I'm non-binary. They're like, got it, write it down. I remember them writing it down on their clipboard. Mm-hmm. Like, this sense of, like, it's in the record now, and we'll, we'll move on from that with that, which that felt really good. I remember that being, like, Okay, it's just been it's it's in the record, so no yeah. one will have to like Dang. assume that about me again. That's good. You That's know, it's really there. Good. Yeah. And I guess maybe there's this piece of me that wishes it could just be on the record, like it could just Ooh. be assumed, and there, I wouldn't have to go through this always having to be like no. But it's like now, like the medical, like the doctor, the team can have it as like this is the information when they meet me and see me. So good. What did you have to fill out over the summer where you had to say male or female? I don't know. I got pissed. I made you a painting. You wrote a bad review. and <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. On the record. That's nice. And and just the casual way. Like no mm-hmm. argument. Super yep. casual. Super accepting. Super like, yep. Yep. That yep. seems like a co- compensation of sorts. Mm-hmm. You know? No, I think so. I think so. And I think also like if I think about myself as a therapist, potentially like 
what kind of therapist I'd want to be. Yeah. You know, and like that kind of situa- situation. 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 Yeah. But I am bummed we can't go camping with your fun drinks. <laughs> we can do that anytime. I know. I'm like, I was really pumped. I was like, <laughs> yes, this is going to be really fun. We're all going to go camping. I was like, we're all going to go camping, which I also think that's so interesting because I got really nervous that we weren't invited at the same time. I was like, what? Wait, are we supposed to be going camping? <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Um, okay, cool. This has been good. We did it. Dreams. Dreams. Uh, more to come, y'all. More, more to, to come. come. <laughs> people are like, it's already too much. <laughs> Two hours of dreams. We we might get some people from this union life to actually come Hopefully in we get people to, to interview dreams. to talk yeah. about dreams. But if not, um, but also... We want to we want to analyze listener dreams. Yes, That's so send us your dreams. We want to do our best to analyze them. And when you send our dreams, you can DM them to no small thing. Give some context if you want. Sure. If you don't want to, that's fine either. But I think it's helpful. I feel like you could only do so much when you don't know the person. Mm-hmm. Like we're mm-hmm. better to, we can interpret our own, I think better because we know each other. But I also wonder if fresh eyes might just bring that, honestly, the collective unconscious piece of like, I can see this random thing and it's standing out to me and like bringing that forward. Both. Both. I think I think we can notice some things because we know each other, and also probably clouds our judgment. Mm-hmm. Both. Mm-hmm. Um, very very grateful. This has been very fun. This has been super fun. Everybody, pay attention to your dreams. Pay attention to your unconscious. Mm-hmm. Take mm-hmm. yourself seriously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't discredit mm-hmm. yourself. I know. Don't discredit your dreams. Stop pushing down your emotions. <laughs> Stop lying to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I'm a pastor and Mace is a therapist. That's what our dreams. Wow, are interesting. Us. Yeah, these both these dreams that are are p- potential jobs. They jobs. are your job. <laughs> okay, they are my job. They I'm are a your job. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week with dreams and also some bonus episodes and a blitz and all sorts <gasps> bonus of bonus episodes. Things. Okay. I-